Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now, here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Let's talk about credibility. What are some ways that you can uh, build credibility with people who've never met you? Well, yeah, obviously, (laughs) get in front of them. Sure, definitely. Definitely. Having good conversations. Go ahead. Right, right. You you should all assemble a um, I call it a shock and awe packet. Okay, and in that packet you put articles that you've written. If you write a lot, I would put the articles from the last three years. If you don't write a lot, then you put everything. Right, articles that you've written. Uh, reprints, licensed reprints that you're that you're quoted in, and I say licensed reprints because you can't. If you're quoted in the New York Times, you can't just photocopy the article from the New York Times and give it to your client. All right, you need to you need to work through Kelly and the marketing team and get a, get a license to reprint that stuff because you're a, you're lawyers for goodness sake. Okay, you can't you can't be taking intellectual property and sending it out. I mean. You know, I'm sure you guys would never do that, but I have other clients who they just photocopy stuff that appear in the paper, and I don't want you to do that. Get a licensed reprint of the article that quotes you, okay? Get a licensed reprint of an article that you've written if you don't if you don't own the rights, and put those copies in there, physical hard copies, okay? Copy of your bio, like your your firm bio, and. Anything that you think would be, any information that you think would be relevant to them that, uh, that is also included. So, for example, um, case results, like a printout of the case results, that sort of thing. Okay? And put it in a nice firm folder and send it out. Various topics where um, you know it says in the decision that you represented a particular party. Right, right, right. It's a favorable. It might be like a ten or fifteen no. court opinion. I don't think it's overkill at all. Look, the what you're doing is I'll put it in your language. You're presenting a preponderance of evidence that you're an expert, right? So put everything in there. Yeah, everything. Now, how many of you have letters of recommendation that clients have written about you? With testimonials. Okay. This is a big deal. And here's the reason why. Because nobody has them. So if you have one, you're ahead of the game. All right? Anytime you deliver a result for a client or a transaction is completed and the client is happy, you ask the client just to take a few minutes and either write a letter of recommendation or... 
they can dictate the letter of recommendation and you guys can type it up, send it back to them to put on their letterhead. As long as it's the client's actual words, how it gets done is not important to me. As long as the client as as long as it's the client's words and it's their signature and it's on their letterhead, that stuff is powerful. I have clients, all they do is send out, and they're not, they're not commercial clients, but I have clients, all they do is send out letters of recommendation. So what happens is this shock and awe packet with all this stuff in it, with the letters of recommendation and everything, you're going to a meeting with someone, that gets there first. You FedEx it, or you messenger it. That gets there first. They're not going to read all that stuff, but the evidence is there. They're going to glance at it. Right? What I like to do in the folders, if you've gotten some good letters of recommendation, I put the letters of recommendation on the left side and all the other stuff, the articles, the court opinions, all the other stuff on the right side. And then I put the, your, your bio behind the letters of recommendation. And you want them to see the good stuff first. And then when they sit down with you, they're like, I saw all that stuff you sent me. You get the benefit of the doubt from the outset at the meeting and then it's up to you to you know to do damage to it rather than just somebody walking in cold who is this guy I've never met him before or who is this person I've never met him before so letters of recommendation are incredibly important and you don't need to get them just from clients some of the best letters of recommendation I've seen are from referral sources or centers of influence in the community I have a, a client who is very active in his religious community and he has letters of recommendation from some prominent people who go to the same temple that he goes to. He gets a ton of work because those letters of recommendation open the door for him. Like they're like, wow, this guy wrote a letter? This, this person doesn't write letters for anybody. You know, I better meet this guy. He got a letter of recommendation from so-and-so and I've never seen that. You can get letters of recommendation not just as testimonials to your work, to your character, okay? That's, that's also incredibly valuable. And nobody does it. Nobody. Now, somebody's got to have a problem with that, so let's hear it. <laughs> do you, do you, you, have, you have trouble asking for them? You know, I've had potential clients ask me for references. Good. Time to time. Mm -hmm. Uniformly, when I've gone to another client, they say, and, you know, I give your name and my client is satisfied with the clients. I said, okay. Uniformly, the person who's been asking, uh, I, I never know what value it is to me. Sometimes I get hired, sometimes I don't. But I never, I never hear feedback about it. Right. And sometimes I find it annoying to be asked by someone, to, to, to be asked, oh, I'm going to need three references. Like, like I haven't you know, done enough work in my field sure. to develop my reputation. That's fair. That's, I understand. Yeah. So I don't know what value it has. I've provided references. It's not quite testimonials, but similar. Uh, and with mixed results and I don't know if, I don't know what's behind the thing. Sure. So. Sure. I get it. Yeah. All right, let me let me share a couple of thoughts with you on that cuz that's I, I hear that all the time and it's it's fair. It's a, it's an absolutely fair point. Um let's let's uh let's reframe this discussion and let's say um 
you're you have a a, fr a family member, right? And this, and I don't wish this on anyone. It's just for purposes of discussion. So you know, uh, you have a family member who's diagnosed with uh, with a, a disease that requires a specialist. You get the names of two or three specialists from someone, uh, from maybe from your insurance provider, because how else does anybody find a doctor, right? You uh, you meet with those specialists and. You know, they, they all seem like they know their stuff, right? How do you make the decision who to go with? You're going to talk to the people that you know who've seen that doctor and get a recommendation. I mean, this is I'm pink tie, right? It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is October. Uh, true story, my father, six years ago, was diagnosed with breast cancer. My father, all right? He found a lump. He lost a lot of weight. Um, good for him. He found a lump in his breast while he was showering. Didn't think it was anything. Went to a doctor. Turned out to be breast cancer. We did not know that. I mean, it turns out that it's not common, but it's not as uncommon as you would think. We did not know where to go. Uh, you know, he, he went to my mother's oncologist. And my mother's oncologist was, or my mother's um, uh, uh, gynecologist, and my mother's gynecologist was like, "I think because hormones are different, you should find someone who specializes in breast cancer in men." So, as you know, I having gone to uh, school here in the city, I belong to two different alumni networks, and I reached out to people in my alumni network, and I said, "Look, I need someone who's uh, who's an expert in this." And you know, people came through, and they connected us with somebody up at um, uh, up at New York Presbyterian. Turns out, he was the guy. He had written a bunch of papers, but we got recommendations from like five different people who were in my alumni network, who were doctors who said, this is the guy you need to go see, okay? That's how you pick somebody for something that's life and death. And when we, when, when I, I made the call, because my father was like, this guy's never gonna take my call. I made the call, he said, have your father come in tomorrow. And he said, by the way, how did you find me? And I said, I found you through the alumni network. And, uh, and he was like, well, it's good to know that people are saying positive. This is a guy who's like published papers and spoken. Oh, it's good to know that people are saying positive things about me. My point is that it doesn't matter. You could be a rocket scientist. You could be, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a specialist in an area that's life and death. People are still going to look for recommendations. So, uh, as, as hard as it is for all of us to take the shot to the ego, we got to accept it. Now, the way to get the recommendations and then the way to use them, uh, I'll share with you and you can make it a competitive advantage. This could be a differentiating factor for you, okay? The way to get the recommendations is to start writing recommendations. I would write recommendations and I do this myself in my own practice. I write recommendations for people every week. I write one letter of recommendation for someone who I'm targeting to write a letter of recommendation for me every week. I write the letter. And I do one of two things. Either I send it to them in a FedEx envelope if it's at a distance, or I present it to them personally. I say, listen, and, and here's, with, with people who I see on a regular basis, I do two things. I take a copy of the letter of recommendation, and I buy a cheap Walmart frame, and I put it in the Walmart frame. And then I take another copy and I put it, you know, a really nice copy that's, that's signed and I put it in an envelope. I bring it to them personally. I give them the framed one and then I hand them the one in the envelope. And I don't ask for anything. And then six months later, 
I go back to them and I say, would you mind just jotting down a letter of recommendation for me? Nobody who I've done that with has ever said no. Okay? Now, the, the framed copy is going to buy you way more than, the, um, than just the letter of recommendation. That person is going to try and refer business to you because that's, it's a really nice thing to do. And if you want to, you know, if you really want to, um, you know, if you really want to uh, be nice about it, like sometimes I'll, I'll like even like gift wrap it. And if I know when their birthday is, I'll give it to them on their birthday, that sort of thing. Just like a little bit of a dumb question. Yeah. So, so in what situation would I go to someone who I know and say, hey, Bob, I haven't spoken to you in six months. Well, that's a problem right there. You can't, you can't do that if you haven't spoken to him in six months. It's a trying time that challenges all of our basic assumptions. However, one thing that brings us all together is our common humanity. Now, more than ever, teams must come together and work together to solve big challenges. And Trello is here to help. Trello, part of Atlassian's collaborative suite, is an app with an easy-to-understand visual format. Plus, tons of features that make working with your team functional and just plain fun. Teams of all shapes and sizes and companies like Google, Fender, and even Costco all use Trello to collaborate and get work done. With Trello, you can work with your team wherever you are, whether it's at home or in an office. No matter what device you're using, computer, tablet, or phone, Trello syncs across all of them, so you can stay up to date on all the things your team cares about. Keep your workflow going from wherever you are with Trello. Try Trello for free and learn more at Trello.com. That's T-R-E-L-L-O dot com. Trello dot com. Why would I go and just write a letter of recommendation for somebody just willy-nilly? I mean, it just seems... Okay, so take, let's, take a, let's take a deal. Well, Daniel, you answer it first. You probably have a better answer than me. I don't know. I've got a better one, but I have something that's right for this. So, so guy in, in my neighborhood helped me 12 years ago. I was developing a very small building, and he helped me get a variance to build it. And he called me last week and said, you know what, I might have some addition. It might have some need for an architect, someone to help me with my project. And I thought of another architect who I used, and I'm, I'm in the process of connecting. And so now it occurs to me, I'm introducing a property owner with an architect. I'm not sure this necessarily worked for me, but the architect could be a good referral source for me. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Sure. No, it's perfect. So let me give you an example. You you worked on a deal, let's say, and it's a transactional deal, and there was uh, there was somebody who was somebody from uh, from a bank that was involved. There was somebody from um, you know, uh, a servicing company that was involved. There were, you know, three other provider service providers involved. You write letters for a recommendation for each of them, right? If you're too busy to stop by, you take the one that's in the frame and you send it over, in a, you know, with a messenger. And, um, I mean, right when the deal ends, it was such a pleasure working with you. I wanted to take, you know, post-it note, wanted to take the opportunity to do this. I hope, it, I hope you hang it in your office and you think of me fondly when you read it. It's easy. So Super you, easy. So as a matter of course to just do it? Yes. Whatever. Yes. Here's, here's the thing about letters of recommendation testimonials, okay? You're going to have to ask for them because nobody's going to do this on their own. It's easier to ask if you've done it for somebody else. 
And if you can't ask for a letter of recommendation, then you absolutely cannot ask for a referral. Think about that for a minute. If someone is unwilling to write you a letter of recommendation, they're damn straight not going to refer you. Okay? <laughs> so if you ever plan on asking for a referral, and you should all be asking for referrals as often as possible, if you ever plan on asking for a referral, you got to be able to ask for letters of recommendation. And it's easier to ask for a letter of recommendation if you've written one for that person. I write them for everybody. My chiropractor, my landscaper. I write everybody as long as they're good. And if they're not good, I shouldn't be using them. My pool guy. My pool guy is great. I wrote him a letter. You would have thought, like, he comes. I have a problem with my pool. I got kids coming over. He comes on a Sunday afternoon and cleans my pool because I wrote him a letter of recommendation. It's like, that's, it's just, it's goodwill. It's being a good person. So, so, so again, just yeah. in terms of... You're talking about other, I guess I was a little confused. You're, uh, you're talking about other service providers. I'm talking about everybody. So like, Lawyers. But the person, like, let's say the everybody except for judges. Don't do that with judges. It's bad news. Don't do that with no, judges. It's weird. Yeah. Like, just people I know in the real estate industry. Who are good. If they, if they right. suck, don't do it. Or what about like, 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 like people who are existing clients? They're, they're owners. Like, what do you say to someone? Just, I enjoy working with you. Thank you for being a good client. I mean, like, what do you, like, someone who hasn't necessarily Okay, so, so, all right, so here's, this is, uh, you, you raise a very interesting point, and it, I, I wasn't planning on getting into this area, but it's a good area to get into. Telling people you like them is a good thing, okay? So, if you, if you want more work from, like, if you wrote a letter to a, to a, to a, a the owner of a property telling them that it was a pleasure working on their matter and that, uh, that you admire the fact that they had created such a professional organization, that's a great letter. That's a fantastic letter to write. You're going you're gonna to be able to get that guy on the phone if you write a letter like that, most likely. Unless they're, you know, uh, irascible and then uh, at least you took a shot, right? But that's, it's never, it, that would be more of a gratitude letter than a, than a letter of recommendation because who are they going to show it to, right? But that's a fantastic thing. That, I think that's a, great, uh, that's a great letter. Or write the letter to the owner complimenting someone who's provided a great service to you. I, um, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I, can, I, I have a million stories like this, but I, uh, I had a bad experience with American Airlines. Shocking. And um, and I filed a I filed a complaint, and uh, a woman who's the woman who's in charge of the Admirals Club in LaGuardia and JFK called me, and uh, she did a really good job, very professional job handling the complaint. So uh, the next time I was going through JFK, I asked to see her and I met her, and she had coffee with me, and uh, and we struck up a friendship. Well, I was so impressed that she took the time to do this, and I was so impressed with the way she handled the complaint. I wrote a letter to the, the CEO of American Airlines, and I sent it. Now, he didn't see it, but somebody saw it. I got a phone call thanking me profusely that she was recognized at some national event. And I can't even tell you, the last time we went through JFK, I sent her a text, and I said, hey, I'm going to be, I was with my son. We went to the Yankee game. And I said, I'm coming through JFK. You know, I want you to meet my son, blah, blah, blah. So we go through not we not only do we I'm an Admirals Club member but she got us into the flagship lounge where the food is a lot better and we the guy comes up to us and he's like uh Ms. Miller would like me to take you to your plane and uh I said okay I figured the guy's going to walk me to the gate right we go down some back door 
and we get in like a Cadillac SUV, drive across the tarmac. And my son is like, Dad, who do you know here? I'm like, oh, I know Eileen Miller. And they drove us to, we go up the gate. They stopped the boarding process so that we could get on. <laughs> I mean, look, people are under-recognized. As human beings, as a species, we are under-recognized, okay? Twice a month, write a letter of recommendation to someone or write a gratitude letter to someone and just watch what happens. When you ask them for one in return, it will be valuable. Okay, so how does this pay off for you, right? You're going to write, let's say you write a half dozen of them, all right? Six weeks from now, after you've written the first, six weeks from the point where you've written the first one, you connect with that person and you go to lunch. And the person says, thank you so much for the wonderful letter of recommendation. Your response is this, okay? It's my pleasure. I know you'd do the same for me. It's my pleasure. I know you'd do the same for me. And then that person says, Brad, of course I would. You're a great lawyer. And then you say, fantastic. Just jot that down on a sheet of paper and send it over to my office. And if you want, if you want some thoughts on it, if you want me to refresh your memory on what we did together, I'll send you a one-paragraph summary of the work that we did, and you can put it in there. That's it. That's how you get them. That's how you do it. All right, so that's, uh, that, that helps with your credibility. All right, so your shock and awe pack, your recommendations. Let's talk briefly uh, about differentiation. And this is going to be a homework assignment for you because it's very, very hard for all of us to figure out what makes us different from everyone else who does what we do. What would you all say? What makes you different? I'm not as good looking as this guy. <laughs> well, that's not a positive. I mean, <laughs> That I have more experience. That's good. That's good. And I'll tell somebody the truth whether they want to hear it or not. Yeah, and your experience leads you to be able to resolve matters more efficiently, I would imagine, right? Yes. Yeah, that's good. What else? Attentiveness to clients. You know, differentiation should be that that it's true that is a differentiating factor, but it should be something that's not easy to replicate, right? So. You know, his experience is not easy to replicate. You gotta, you know, you gotta be involved for a long time. Um, industry or niche focus, so within a, within an area of the law or within a specific industry for your clients, you may think, you may know, it may be true that there may be no difference between doing shopping centers and doing, I don't know, warehouses. Okay, there may be no difference, but to the client's perception, there may be a difference. And the fact that you only focus on warehouses or the client thinks you've done more warehouse deals than anybody else, that could be a differentiating factor. So that's important from, from a differentiation perspective, okay? If you only work with people in a, uh, in a, in a specific focused area, um, like you know landlord-tenant representation, that sort of thing, that's a huge differentiating factor, okay? And differentiation is in the eyes of the beholder. It's in the eyes of the receiver. Okay, it's in the eyes of the person with whom you're working. So, just because you think something differentiates you doesn't mean it's true. The exercise I have my clients do, and this is something that I'm gonna give you all to do as a homework assignment, is to pick two or three clients that know you, like you, and trust you, and ask them why they like you, what makes you different? Why do you keep working with me? What makes me different? And 
The good news is that it will confirm some things you already know to be true, but you'll also find some stuff that you didn't know. That's that, that you'll think, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't realize that they thought I was an expert in this. You know, when you hear things from multiple people, it it opens your eyes to some good it's good stuff. It opens your eyes to some good things. Okay? So what differentiates you? Ask your clients. You can ask referral sources too, or people in the industry who know you. That's always that's always valuable. What differentiates you? Um, why do they work with you time and again? And um, and then you will be able to build upon that. And differentiation is valuable, first and foremost, because it will help you get work. But secondarily, it can also help you command a fee premium, like we talked about earlier, right? If you have that level of experience and people perceive you to be an expert and you're in a category of one, which is the ideal point of differentiation, you're in a category of one, you can command a fee premium. And that to me is, is the whole ball game because then you get to pick and choose.